Well, the Fed has upped its forecast, faster growth and higher inflation. And with that, they've brought forward their dot points for rate rises, maybe two in 2023. Markets have reacted sharply, even though, even though it wasn't stated. This surely means that tapering of bond purchases will now have to happen sooner rather than later. We'll look at all of that. Plus, other inflation signs overnight, higher than expected for the UK. And Aussie employment numbers today. It's Thursday, the 17th of June, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, after the FOMC meeting, uh, we've seen, as you might expect, quite a lot of movement on the markets. The US dollar, uh, the DXY, it's like the north face of the IGA, up three quarters of 1%, having been flat during the build-up to the uh, to the Fed's meeting. Ten-year Treasury yields went from less than 1.49% up to 1.57%, up seven basis points in uh, half an hour or so. Stocks are down, a 0.8% falling the Dow. The Nasdaq was 1% down, but has regained most of that. Uh, 0.4% down for the S&P 500. At one stage, Facebook was down uh, close to two and a half percent i guess you know if we're all going back to work then we'll have less time uh, to look at kitten photos when we maybe that's something to do with it and shares mostly up in europe albeit not by much and oil up again brent got very close to 75 dollars early on uh, it's up a quarter percent as we speak early on a thursday morning so uh, let's look at the uh, the market action uh, i mean frankly it's been a surprise by, by the fed uh, gavin friend is senior market strategist at nab in london uh, we were the ones saying and we weren't the only ones of course that nothing much was expected today but we were wrong, weren't we? But then everybody else was just about. Yeah, morning, Phil. Yeah. So first things, what do we learn from the Fed? The main takeaway was uh, quite a marked shift in the so-called dot plot. This is the um, mm. individual FMC member forecasts for where they think rates will be at the end of this year, 2022, 2023 and longer term. So for 2023, seven members switched from expecting no change in rates um, now to to expecting to expecting a rate hike. In fact, previously in March, it was 11 for no change, um, seven for um, a hike. Now it's five for no change, 13 for hikes and two of them. In 2022, we now have seven FOMC members looking for a hike up from four still a minority now those dots uh, have captured the market's uh, focus as you say yields higher the dollar higher equities lower in yields i mean it's quite a quite a marked move i mean we've seen u.s nominal tens up eight basis points to 156 u.s inflation protected yields tips up 16 basis points to minus 0.78. So here, the read-through of a much larger sell-off in tips is inflation concerns have fallen back. And we see that in 10-year break-evens, now at 2.36 from 2.42, ahead of the decision. Uh, The market seems to be saying, with the prospect of of two hikes in 2023, the Fed won't get behind the curve. All that said... Um, as always, Fed Chair Powell reminds us that the dot points are not committee forecasts. Don't yeah. take them too seriously. But you can't really spring that kind of surprise to your original question on a market and well, not did, expect it, in that press conference, uh, a, he did, a significant reaction. Did, exactly. But he did seem to be trying to water it down in the press conference, wasn't he? A couple of times. So he said that, uh, you know, that they should be taken with a grain of salt. But he also said, you know, it's actually quite difficult to forecast as well. Uh, so, you know, almost like saying a, a, a big... Disclaimer: He said it's difficult to forecast jobs and inflation uh, because we've never been any, never seen anything like this before. So, yeah. big disclaimer. Well, doesn't the economics profession know it's difficult to forecast at the moment? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think to your point, let's look at the uh, new um, economic forecast that we got for this quarter. 
because they don't quite gel with the whole story behind the rate hikes. Higher inflation, as measured by core PCE this year, to around 3% from 2.2% previously. That's what most people expected, given we've seen this you know, surge in inflation, higher than expected recently, that's, that's seen CPI measure up to 5%. So that wasn't really a surprise. But for 2022 and 2023... Um, inflation remains the same, around 2% or so. So the Fed remains of the view inflation is transient, temporary. It's not been spooked by these higher short-term inflation so why prints. Bring the, why bring well, the rate hikes and then, forward in that Then case? on economic growth, the Fed is slightly nudged up 2021 uh, to around 7% from around 6%. That likely reflects the vaccine effect, and that really was notable. That's the big change in the statement, how the vaccine yeah. effect is affecting the economy. But really, um, it's got lower growth, slightly lower growth next year and 2023. So really, all it's done is it said that the vaccine vaccination progress has pulled that growth forward a little bit. It's not leading to permanently higher longer term growth. And then on the unemployment front, uh, it's actually a little bit higher, a couple of tenths higher than we had uh, mm. in the in the March forecast, reflecting the slow progress, the difficulty that employers are getting trying to find uh, new employees. So you pull all that together, and you'd say policy versus Versus previous isn't really that much change. So no, you know, I, I wonder whether it is. I mean, you, you hit upon it there, like the opening line, uh, the statement got rid of the bit about pandemic causing tremendous human and economic ha- hardship. Instead, it opens with the news that you know vaccinations have uh, have, have reduced the spread of COVID nineteen in the United States. So that's that's quite a change of pitch. I just wonder whether because he has he has been trying to backtrack, and as you say, you know what what's you know what are the real changes that have driven this uh, this shift in mood? I wonder whether could, you know, potentially. The the markets could backtrack on this. It could be one of those occasions where we look at it, we listen back to the press conference, and think, well, actually, maybe there's a bit of an overreaction today. I, I think that's possible. I mean, they're, they're certainly sticking with the, you know, the, the line that it's going to take a while before we make significant further progress. There was a slight softening on the taper thing. He's now saying we had that conversation uh, about talking about talking about, and we're going to be taking this this topic, this subject, on a meeting by meeting basis. So it becomes a bit more live, but it's still not there. And if you look at the forecasts, you know, cue what we've just said. There's nothing to rush about that, you know. I suspect Mm. um, the sticker shock from today will be with us for a little bit. You can see it in the reaction across asset, asset classes. You know, it may well mean that the dollar is likely to hang on for a little bit longer. Um, the market will probably like the idea that uh, we've got a push back up in uh, in real yields. That certainly is dollar supportive. It's not particularly our view. And we may well have to wait, really, and see how this thing plays out. So this is, this is nothing to do with concerns about bubbles. It's nothing to do with house prices or the sharp rise we've seen in equities. They're not all of a sudden, I mean, they didn't talk about it, but I mean, because they're a big question mark, isn't it? Why now? Yeah, no, I, I think, I think no, no, he wasn't really asked about that uh, we know that the Fed has, has has sort of raised its eye on a couple of issues there, but it's not particularly concerned. I think it comes back to what you said about it's the vaccination that's done this. Um, I, I would just caution, as Chair Powell did, he said, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. Look at the UK. They've got a better vaccination uh, performance than we have in the US. And yet look what's happening with the Delta, the Indian virus. We're starting to see some of these things coming in the in the US. Um, and we need to watch and wait that that's a, that's something to we can't it's too early to declare victory um, but then he said look the statement language is evolving we expect it to continue to involve so so virus notwithstanding um, and we do need to watch that um, 
you know, they are they are increasingly cautiously optimistic. Well, let's move on from the Fed. We spent enough time on that. We'll see how it uh, plays out over the next day or two. Uh, but speaking of inflation, uh, it's on the rise in the UK as well. Core CPI for May was up 0.6% month on month, which is the same as the monthly rise in April. But a year on year, 2%. Of course, the, uh, the I mean, it's a bit meaningless that it's the Bank of England target because, of course, it is transitory. But just interesting to know, it's the first time it's been there since 2018. And the same in Canada. Core inflation was up a little more than expected there as well. Yeah, I mean, as you say, higher than most people expected. It does take it across uh, above the 2% target. The bank has a uh, symmetrical 1% plus or minus a barrier, a band around that. So it doesn't mean that you know the, the bank needs to do anything. You know, the, if it goes above three percent or below one percent, then the char- then the Bank of England governor needs to write to the Chancellor of the Exchequer and explain what he or she is going to do about it. Um, that's not the case at the moment. Most people are still thinking that we'll escape that. You know, uh, the Bank of England itself thinks that inflation will peak closer to three percent later later this year and then start to roll over again. And I think if you look at some of the some of the things that were driving the uh, increase uh, in prices today, you know, the things uh, that you would expect, things like restaurants, uh, clothing prices, jewellery, pets. We've seen a lot, you know, lots of people around the world have been buying pets in lockdown and the price of pets has gone up. Um, all of these things that you could argue are the result of, you know, there's there's pricing power there, and those those suppliers of or, or those deliverers of those goods have been able to push those prices through, not as marked as we've seen in the US, but something that perhaps keeps that narrative going that these things will roll over a little bit later on. The one surprise I think for me was package holiday prices really didn't spike that much. I guess that's really tied to the fact that you can't really travel anywhere not without uh, expensive tests. So that's something to watch that might come and bite us back a little bit, um, you know, down the road. Now, China's way out of the pandemic seems to be weakening a little bit, although, you know, again, you know, what do you take out of these numbers? So fixed asset investment for May has fallen a little bit more than expected. Industrial production is down. Uh, There was a big fall in the growth of retail sales, not a fall in retail sales, but a fall in the growth of retail sales, which is a very different thing, isn't it? So still 12.4% up year on year, but it was 17.7% up in April. But we've got those base effects obviously haven't we which is playing yeah we have and i think um over time you know looking at uh, what's going on with climate change and what have you china is going to have to uh, take a stance at some point where it's going to have to accept slightly slower growth i'm not suggesting that this is happening now but it's something that we need to uh, to keep an eye on down the road yeah. and i think the market market will take these at these numbers in its drive and china also releasing their stockpiles of copper that we talked about earlier in the week that uh, brought copper prices down four percent yesterday just going back to central banks because we've got uh, philip Lowe talking this morning uh from the rba do you think central banks might be a bit more hawkish now? Could uh, Philip Lowe be uh, busy changing his script for the, for this morning, or are they still going to play it cool? No, I don't think they hunt in packs. I don't think this has the, the Fed has any read through uh, for Lowe. I don't think he'll he'll follow the Fed if that is indeed what the Fed uh, is doing. Um, it's mm. it's too. I'm sure the Fed will continue to tell. Uh, you know, the RBA and others that uh, AIT is average inflation targeting, running it hot for a while is is alive and well. Um, you're right. Yeah. He speaks today um, ahead of the labour market numbers for May. Um, he's speaking at the Australian Farm Institute in Toowoomba. The topic is from recovery to expansion. Um, you know, he, he noted, um, the governor noted in the June statement that despite the strong recovery 
uh, in the economy and jobs, inflation and wage pressures are subdued, and that while a pickup in inflation wages growth is expected is likely to be gradual and modest. So we, you know, we're looking for something more on that, and on that we will get slightly after his speech. Um, the May Labour report. The consensus yeah. here is for 30,000 new jobs. Remember, we had that surprising 30,000 loss that nobody forecast yeah. in April. But, the, but we, um, the participation rate fell, though, didn't it? So we actually saw the strange situation where people lost jobs, but the uh, the unemployment rate also fell. Indeed, we did. Indeed, we did, as uh, the participation rate as, as fell, as you say. Now, we're looking for um, double the consensus uh, today. We're looking for 60,000. Uh, rise in something of a payback to that soft uh, April mm. report, um, but also on the well, perhaps the arguably more important and uh, less volatile month to month anyway uh, unemployment rate. We're looking for a further two tenths decline um, to five point three. The consensus is five point five, um, and if we see this, then this will support the outlook for wages over time. And this is one of those key messages, you know, from the RBA. Um, that for inflation to be substantially within its two to three percent target, and um, the labour market market will need to uh, be tight enough to generate wages mm. growth that is materially higher than we're seeing at the moment. Now, we, uh, so. speaking about jobs, we also get the uh, the weekly initial jobless claims from the United States as well today. So look, it's a busy day today, isn't it? So let's uh, let's get on with it. We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Gavin. Cheers, Phil. And that's today's morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow. See you then.